We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Talking Buffalo, featuring conversations with guests from around the world of sports, media, pop culture, and all things Buffalo, with your host, Patrick Moran. All right, here we go. We are live from Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo. I am joined by Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News. Tell you what, first time I've done a lot of these shows here, Lance. It is just too damn nice outside. It is. That's why we're out here. Yeah, it um, is too nice. We are couldn't outside. Couldn't better weather. We got a little bit of wind. We got a little bit of noise in the street, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It is. Good to have you, man. It's good to have you here. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, Pat. You're, you're uh, I don't know if you know this now. You are officially a member of the five-time club here on Talking Buffalo. Oh. This is the fifth time wow. that I've had you on. Okay. We've done- A pleasure. Fifth time all together. Yeah. Uh, Second time at a actual location. First time you and I did Beltline Brewery together. Good spot. Good spot. Completely different from this. This is my, I think was, this is my first time at Imperial, but I love it. Yeah. So, great Belt, spot. Beltline was good. This place is great here in South Buffalo. I got a little bit of, uh, you know, I got to let everybody know. Lance is powering through, which I appreciate you even being here. Lance has been a little bit under the weather all day. So yeah. Kind enough to join us. Didn't eat. Didn't get to eat some wings. Did not get to enjoy the wings. There will be next time, though. There, there will be, be next, time. next time. I did. We had some. Well, I had some. And Josh Barnett, by the way, shout yeah, out. To yeah, yeah. Uh, from the Buffalo News is here. Banged out some hot Chivetta charred wings and some hot garlic parm wings. Both uh, very good. What are your impressions here? Like I said, this is your first time here being in imperial pizza uh, you know, love, the, love the patio i had no idea what to expect i actually dropped one of my friends off here who's from chicago uh last year he was staying down in this area for work so i dropped him off here um he just wanted to get a bite to eat i got a text two and a half hours later that he just said how much he loved the place so, <laughs> it <laughs> yeah is, it didn't uh, surprise me at all that you started recording uh live episodes here that's for yeah, sure it's, it's a great spot they, they treat us very well here good food good atmosphere good vibe Nice bar, not that busy because it's the summertime, man. People are out enjoying themselves. Now, you live, last time we talked, you were in Allentown, I believe. Yeah, I was in Allentown my first few years here, and now I'm in North Buffalo, sort of the Parkside Hurdle area. Um, You like North Buffalo? I do. I do. I miss the city. I miss that that city feeling. I loved Allentown, but 
you know, I just didn't lo- no traffic longer made any a, sense. So moved on. Over. Allentown, man, yeah. it's terrible the traffic. There are a lot of stuff going on in Allentown, but construction always there. Uh, traffic. So let's go back now. So much has changed, Lance. By the way, I, the first time I had you on, it was November 2018. I hadn't even started working at the Buffalo News been, yet. Yeah, you I was been, unpacking my apartment when we were recording, if I'm I, not mistaken. And so. hindsight now, how, what was that transition like? Just being, you know, you hear the term a lot of times, you know, Lance was throwing the fire. <laughs> well, Lance legitimately was. It, uh, it was challenging because I went straight from Idick had covered an entire baseball season. I was 150 plus games. I didn't. I was the only one on the beat at the website I worked at. So to do that, then basically uproot your life and move to a city I had never been to other than my job interview was a big transition and then jumping into the middle of a season. But it was fun. I mean, you eventually sort of, you know, get your get your legs under you a little bit. Um, How long did I take? What was that process like? Uh, it was a couple of years. Like yeah. I know it amazes me how some people in the business change beats, change jobs, relocate yeah. because so much time and effort goes into developing relationships, developing, you know, we use the word brand now in reporting and that's essentially what it is, right? right. Like your, your name, your reputation is everything in the business and you don't, that respect isn't earned overnight. And that's something I've always taken seriously. And you got to put the work in to, I, to get to where you're at. I've asked you this previously on the podcast. But again, it's been a while since I've had you on. Of course. Man. And, uh, you know, at the time you were, you mentioned this, you were coming over from the baseball beat yeah, to cover yes. hockey. And, high, you know, again, and putting some perspective on it now because you've been at this covering the Sabres now for, you know, going, you're going to be going into your fifth season with the team. What's that process been? How long did it take you to really get up to speed? and get comfortable, you know, not just another team, even if it was the same yeah, sport, just going on another no, team I hear you. in itself is a process, but also another sport. Probably not until my first season ended, because um, then I, I covered a coaching firing. Uh, the Sabres let Phil Housley go. Yeah, You sort of just experience everything. Until you do something once, there's always some sort of discomfort, and that includes the draft, which I'll be going to next week. Like My first draft is kind of a whirlwind because you're going one thing, your other. Now you know where you're you know where you're at. You know where all these arenas are around the league. You know the players. You know how each beat that you cover, college, professional, even high school sports, there's a rhythm to it in terms of your reporting, your writing, and that's not easy to get a feel for. So it's all about taking your time. And, yeah, I would say not until that 2019-20 season and then COVID hit. What about developing relationships with players and the organization? Yeah. And- building sources and let me let me stop this right here because i'm actually going to give you some credit and i'm not saying this because you're on my show i legitimately i truly mean this lance i'm serious there's not a lot in this market and i would maybe just local markets generally nowadays whether it's football or hockey because those are the two sports that i pay attention to the most and then i'm locked in yeah nine out of ten times especially in football when you hear news break something happens with the local team 90% of the time, that comes from national. It's yeah, national media course. reports this. Adam Shafter reports this. You know, Ian Rappaport on the football side reports this. You don't get a lot of breaking, or not even necessarily breaking, but source stories locally. Yeah, you, it's the nature of the NFL, you, right? That's They hand everything to their, their national people. They do. You, on the <laughs> hockey side, and I'm telling you this, I, I've talked to people, it's noticeable. You break... I, don't, I hate using that word break. 
you yeah. develop a lot of stories. You yeah, put a lot of stories fair. out that are based on sources. Yeah. There's not a lot of that in this market. I'm quite frankly on the hockey side. And that's no disrespect to any reporter out there. There's a lot of great reporting out there. But you there is. you you get source information a lot. I, yeah. I noticed that a, a lot more than everyone else. That's is that part of like being here longer now and starting to develop more relationships? Absolutely. People? And people I've always approached the job and relationships matter how you speak to people matters you know one of the first things i've i tried to do on this job is to write about as many people within not only this organization but outs you know i would find excuses to call people around the league mm -hmm. whether it be agents whether it be analysts uh, you know somebody like brian burke who ended up going on and working in the nhl for the penguins again so right. So then if you have a question, you need insight, you can always go back to these people. And if you do the job the right way, people are going to notice. And that's going, doing the job the right way both ways. It's not being super positive or trying to paint a rosy picture because it hasn't been rosy. It's just doing the job the right way and then knowing how to, you know, use those relationships and really just, you know, people know that if they're going to give me something, I'm not going to burn them. And that's a big, that's a big trust. deal. Yeah, trust. you develop trust. Um, well, so I appreciate a, you noticing that. Well, Thank you. Trust Pat. me, I do notice it, it. It is impressive. And you know, another thing besides, like I said, you coming to this market, covering baseball, coming to hockey. You know, I could sit here and I could talk about Buffalo all day, South <laughs> Buffalo. I said Imperial Peaks, all the great people here. You're not from this area. You didn't grow I'm up not, here. I'm not, no. Youngstown, Ohio, if I remember correctly. Yes. Right? I, uh, so I grew up a lot watching a lot of Pittsburgh Penguins hockey, but a lot of the Penguins games I would watch, coincidentally, it, would, it just always seems like a lot of my memories, playoff games, they were playing the Sabres, which is, yeah. is hilarious to look back on. Let me let, let me ask you this. and I, It's kind of off topic a little no, bit. No, that's gonna, good. We're going to talk some Sabres. And by the way, this is Talking Buffalo. This is a maintenance day podcast with Lance Lazowski, my man, Joe Yurden. Not just going to talk hockey here. We'll talk some hockey, of course. But I ask you this because today, so I, I grew up on the west side of Buffalo, near near North Buffalo. Yep. I live, I've, I've lived in Florida, but like most of my adult life, I've lived out in, in the suburbs, Lackawanna Park. I, I pretty much have lived all over. I don't, the neighborhood I grew up in, I even lived there in 25, 30 years. Anyway, every now and then when I'm, on the west side or, or north buffalo i make it a point to always drive up the street that i grew up on and i did that like today i like like sometimes i'll just drive on the street i grew up on right in front of my house i'll pull my car over sometimes i'll sit in my car for five ten minutes look at the street envision being a kid playing football and floor hockey in the street look at my house my dad has been gone for many many years it just triggers memories with me it's like a connection i feel when I when I go back and I visit the street that I grew up on, what I'm I guess what I'm asking you is you've been in Buffalo now for a while. You, yeah, you, you were in Pittsburgh. Do you still feel? And I'm sure you don't get to get home now. Like I said, for me, yeah, I don't. I'm talking about <laughs> this with me. Yeah, that's twenty minute drive. To go yeah, there. there's more no. than twenty minutes for you to get back home. But do you still like? Do you feel like a hometown connection still, whether you live there or not? Um, what do you mean? A hometown connection to uh, where I do you, grew do up? Do you miss where you grew up? Like, is it no, I don't. The no. thing is, my parents have have a while. I don't have extended family from where sure. I like, still like even living there. So now I go to Columbus, Ohio. My mom lives there. My brother lives in Dallas. Like everyone just kind of spread out. Yeah. So really, like, I mean, Buffalo is my home now. I've been yeah. here for five years. So 
You're a Buffalonian. Yeah, I mean, I get back. I see friends every once in a while. But I guess ever since the pandemic, I don't really go back as often, you know? Because right. once hockey restarted, it really hasn't stopped. Rochester's playoff runs. Then it goes into the yeah, draft. Yeah, busy. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good, right? <laughs> like nice run and it's, not it's a lot end, easier but... to stay busy than to get that break and then get going again. I always find that challenging. Let me ask you about Main and State podcast. I, I talk to Joe all the time about this, and it's always Joe. I like to get his perspective. Yeah, of course. For people watching or listening to the show right now, Lance and Joe have Maintenance Day podcast. It's an excellent show. You guys, it's almost weekly. It's not always weekly, but for the most part. We were on a good run there for almost a year. And then, yeah. It gets hard. It gets hard to do. But you guys still do it. You still put out great content. Just talk about that podcast, kind of how it started, you know, the premise of it. Enjoy doing it. I remember talking to you. I believe it might have been at Beltline, which was, I think that was in August of 2021. So probably almost two years ago. But I remember talking to you. And at the time, you hadn't had a podcast yet. I remember you talking about there's yeah there was definitely there are some really good uh i don't want to say i'll got i guess i'll say non-traditional media podcasts Mm -hmm. you know there's some people who do really good work in this town who don't or who aren't credentialed who aren't around the team every day whereas like joe and i like we're around it so why not try to use you know that different insight that different perspective you know to to sort of get our voices out there and just sort of have fun with it. That's what, it, that's what right. it is. If it starts to feel like a grind, then why do it? This is no disrespect at all to anybody. And you mentioned it, you know, there's yeah. good content creators out there on the Saber side, on the yeah. side who aren't credentialed. They, that doesn't mean that they don't have good respect. Yeah. They don't have good views. Some of them are actually great, but, and I'm one of them. There's, a difference when you cover a team when you are in there and i've talked to joe about this and joe's been quite open about it you know because joe for a while when he before he started noted hockey he started working for future report he wasn't at all the games like this year he covered the team full time yep. and he talked about it it's just it's a different perspective when you are in that locker room and developing relationships with players or seeing firsthand with your own eyes and your own ears the vibe the temperature of the room and everything that goes on that helps you do your job and it not even if so much better, I, although I do think it's better, but it's also differently as well. Yeah, of course. You have more context, and that goes down to every detail, lineups, what the team could do trade-wise, what this player is like, what this guy's going through. And I guess you, I kind of forgot about the importance or the, the massive difference during COVID. You know, yeah. everything was over Zoom. It was really, I mean, that was the season where they lost 18 games in a row. It's not that it was miserable by any means. It was just, it was a different job. Was it, it harder? Almost, was it yeah, hard to do it your abso- job that way? It absolutely imagine? was. Not you, being able to ask all the follow-ups or go work. You had to use your room. phone a lot more. You had to call extra people. Um, like, for example, I'll just when Jeff Skinner was a healthy scratch, he got put on the taxi squad, and you couldn't go talk to Jeff Skinner about it. The coach can be elusive because he's on a Zoom call. You can't get multiple questions in, so you call the agent. And then the agent happens to tell you that, well, yeah, I just called the GM and I told him we're not happy about it. And then you get a story there, right? And then you get a lot more information. So you just, you have to go about it. And it's not like you you lose that in a normal year, but you have to be a lot more creative and a lot more open-minded on how you're going to get your stories. Obviously, the Sabres are in a much better place now than they were. (laughs) To say the least. Even the last time I had you, or live at Bell Live when we did it, so a couple of years ago, and obviously years 
before that. They're they're in a better place still. They yeah. haven't proven enough. They're they've not there a lot yet. Of, right, yeah, they're, they're not there. Yet. A lot more potential. Yeah, for sure. What I'm asking you is talk about the change that you see, maybe in fans, maybe in the players, maybe in people within the organization when it comes to just the temperature of that room, saving over the last couple of years, just the feeling that fans mainly fans feel about this team now compared to maybe when you first started covering. Yeah, I'll speak to the room. It's interesting because even last year with there were still some COVID protocols of the league. So mm -hmm. we weren't in the locker room until this past season. So it was two seasons without being in there. And we had heard about, oh, there's a change. You know, there's a good thing going. The team would post some things to social media. I think of the Heritage Classic when the guy's boarding the bus wearing those, you know, the Will Ferrell outfits or whatever, the basketball oh, yeah, uniforms, yeah, if you remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you, couldn't, you couldn't use examples. You couldn't really speak to it. Whereas now you're in it every day and you notice and I can go back and I can compare it to 2019-20. You know, when Eichel was the captain, you mm -hmm. had Reinhardt there and Ristolainen, and it's a night and day difference from that perspective. Just how the players interact with each other, um, sort of, it's just a lot more loose. And I used to go in other locker rooms around, around the league because you're talking to different players, getting different stories. I remember going into like the Penguins locker room, the Blackhawks locker room, and thinking it's a, it's almost like I cover a minor league team compared to this because these guys it looks like a professional locker room, whereas the Sabres, it's like, do these guys even like each other? Yeah. And then it's when everybody, everything changed, they got rid of guys. You start of, you started to hear more and more, not only from people within the organization and management, but also former players about how, how it was and how it, it wasn't a very good atmosphere. So it's a night and day difference. I think when it comes to the fans, all they care about is winning. And now that there are signs of progress, you're starting to see them come around. I think they're, there was a lot of, you know, there was cautious optimism. I'm sure there still is to a very severe extent, but they don't want to be hurt again because they've been hurt quite a bit over the last decade plus, right? Couldn't agree with you more when, when you say it's about the fans yeah. just wanting them to see them win. But I would even go as far as to say they just wanted to be entertaining, fun brand of hockey. You spend your money, you go to the arena, you want to be entertained, you want to have a good night out. That and it was a long time for me, it seems like anyway. I ain't going to lie to you, Lance. I wasn't one of those dudes shelling out money to get to <laughs> Well, I don't blame you on a lot it of those nights. It didn't yeah. seem like, it, like it almost felt like punishment. Like, I'm obligated to root for this team because they're my hometown team. At that time, that's how it was starting to feel, you know? I get it. I get it. It's not cheap to go see a, a sporting event, right? We have to choose wisely on how we spend our money. And, you know, uh, I, and I think a big piece of it is I think this fan base is at the point they want to win, right? Yeah. So I am very curious to see how they react with how heightened the expectations are going to be next season when this group is going to be expected not just to show progress, but to be a playoff team. Yeah, when I have Joe on, he says that at this point, the expectation should be the playoffs um, for fans. Speaking of Joe, too, I'll, this is a question I like to ask him, and I want to ask you this, and I have you on the show. In the locker room, like who are one or two of your favorite players to cover? Not necessarily like <laughs> one or two of the best guys on the team, I'm just saying, like, one or two guys that, like, you enjoy having a rapport with, you know, some whether it's for a story or just a... When it comes you know, to insight, you know, how helpful they can be, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Number one on my list is Matias Samuelson, who right? is, yeah, who might be... He's one of the more unique personalities I've covered in any, any yeah. lie. Yeah, in my decade in the business, he is... Like, everything you see, like... 
yeah, he's just a hilarious person. He's not afraid to speak his mind. He gives great insight because some guys will give you a quote and it's just surface level stuff. But yeah. he actually like you learn something every time you have a conversation with him and you'll also laugh. Well, she, I can't ask for anything more. <laughs> um, and then my number two would be a t difficult pick. I love talking to Darlene now. He's gotten so good. How much has he changed? Oh, uh, it's, it's night and day. And I think a big part of it is now he feels like he can speak up and he can show his personality, which is the case with a lot of guys. Before, they were basically taught not to talk. They were told not to talk to the media by some of their teammates. That's no longer the culture there. So they've opened up a little bit more. Um, talk, talk's great. Like Alex Talk is just a great you know again perspective insight understands like the job that we do kyle Poso. i mean there's so many guys on the team it's it's really impressive how far the entire group has come even the guys who are holdovers you're a reporter so it's different for you you're yeah, covering a team as a fan a couple years ago when kevin adams was at the podium and he was talking about i want guys who want to be here i felt like as a fan i'm just rolling my eyes at that first of all like who wants to be here you know, they have no choice if they're if they're here. But you start you're starting to feel like with this team, from what I see and a lot of people see, this is a team in a locker room full of guys that do want to be here. Yeah, that well, I think that players in that in any professional sports league at some point learn the very harsh lush lesson that a lot of guys, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Right. And I think that you know, Michael and Reinhardt, it's worked out for them. You look at Ristolainen. He thought that he was going to go and it was going to be great. And he's stuck in another rebuild True. with no end in sight. Right. And I think all these guys and adding Tuck is a big part of it because Tuck can say, here's what it used to be like. Yeah. You know, and once you build a real team and the guys in that room see how much talent has been accumulated and they they under they see the progress and they have a coach who is teaching a style, is coaching them in a way that they feel brings out their strength, you're going to have a buy-in that wasn't there previously. I think that, you know, we can simplify what went wrong with that organization, but the fact of the matter is a lot went wrong on multiple levels to get them to where they were when Kevin Adams had to basically implode it again and, and start to decide, here's who I'm building around. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com I am here live at Imperial Pizza in South Buffalo with Buffalo Sabres beat reporter Lance Lazowski of the Buffalo News. I have to ask you about Alexander McGillney. Did not get in the Hockey Hall of Fame again. Is, at this point, is he ever going to get in? Pierre Turgeon gets in. Tom Barrasso gets in. Two former Sabres. McGillney doesn't. It just... My um, Mike Harrington has written quite a bit about yes. this. There's two obvious factors that are in play here that Mike's written about for the past couple of years, actually. It's not only the war in Ukraine, which is going to prevent McGill McGillney from coming over and being part of the ceremony, which is very important to the sure. committee. Yeah. But even before the war, McGillany said that he wasn't necessarily interested in coming over if there were a ceremony. And that that doesn't sit well. Now, I understand, you know, them maybe having some concerns in that area, but it is the Hall of Fame. You put the best players in, in my opinion. And that guy, not only what he did on the ice, but how much of a trailblazer he was off the ice to maybe give some guys courage to think, I'm going to be bold and come over because he started a wave of players who came over yeah. after the fact and it really opened the door to what this league has become, right? If you exclude all the Russian players or Eastern European players to a certain extent, your the talent level isn't what it is. <laughs> I, I, it, it, it's mind-boggling. And the fact that there's no transparency in the process is why is even worse about right i'd rather thing. someone come on and say why they're not putting them in. it can't be there should be reasons. everything you said there is should be a thorough explanation because if it is the factors if that's what it is say it say I, it i can you know i agree with you too i can understand it to an extent well we don't want to put this guy in the hall he's not even going to show up for it but or we want to wait until we can persuade him or he can come i get that but so find another way to celebrate him in the future exactly. just put the best put the best hall of fame class in I can't agree more. It's not uh -huh. like he's like done a bunch of illegal things. You know, it's no. like he's a rotten human being. Then that would be why you'd want to keep him out of the no. Uh, you have the the debate in baseball about steroids. That's not that's not the case here. You were know, you, were you a little surprised moving him aside? Which, by the way, I, I also I don't want to be completely disrespectful to Pierre Turgeon. And, yeah, of and course. Tom Barrasso. congratulations on both of them getting into the hall. You know, obviously that's probably one of their biggest dreams of their life, and. You know, former, you could tell how surprised they were with some of their comments. Yeah, sure. yeah, and I, you know, Sabres fans should celebrate them too, and not just make it all about McGillney not getting in. But all that said, are you a little bit surprised that one or both of them did get in? I am surprised, absolutely, because I mean, you look at three goalies got in. That doesn't happen. There's not many goalies in the Hall of Fame, and there were, I would argue, more a couple of more qualified goalies. Sure, you know, especially if we're talking about you know Ryan Miller's future candidacy. It, I know Barrasso won a couple of cups, but go look at those Pe Pittsburgh Penguins rosters. I think it makes sense why they won a couple of cups, right? So, hey, I don't want to put down anyone's resume. The frustrating part for me is not only McGillney, but 
only one woman. You know, there's so many yeah. women players who have deserved to be in the Hall of Fame, and we're going to put a cap on how many can get in, but we're just going to... The whole process needs to be reevaluated. Um, the same goes for baseball, but hey, you know, these these people who make these decisions, there's there's no accountability and there's no transparency. By the way, again, we're live here outside. If you missed the top of the show, usually I'm in a booth at Imperial, but it's, well, it's the second day of summer or first day of summer. I don't know. What second. Second day of summer. It's yeah. beautiful out. Every road is overlooking us. Might have a couple more motorcycles or something go by, but who gives a shit at this point? It's nice. It's comfortable out here. I'm with Lance. All right. So let's talk a few minutes about the Sabres before I let you go anyway. Zegmas Gergeson and Kyle Ocposo both resign. Um, Ocposo, I, I don't consider that as much as a fan as a surprise. Gergeson, it kind of felt like he had earned the right baby to test free agency and, and see what might have been out there. But and, and you wrote about this this week, which, by the way, I love your mailbag. By oh, the way. thank you. That's just old school and it's fun. Jay does it too on the football side sometimes. I like an old school. Yeah, mailbag. I appreciate that. I like fans. Always going to get feedback on yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's good to have fans ask you questions. Yeah. And you can give them more detailed answers than you can just say on Twitter. So, anyway, that aside, but you wrote kind of about like some scenarios that you thought could happen if they lost Gergensen. As it turns out, he doesn't even hit free agency. Did that surprise you? I, I'm, sh you know, this is just to start speculation. I do wonder if the agent got a, okay, here are the teams that would offer you multiple years. Do you want to relocate? Right? Like, okay. it's tough. You finally have comfort. You're finally on a team that's on the cusp of winning. Do you really want to risk starting yeah. over at a place where you're not as, as good of a spot? They offered him $2.5 million a one year. That's a good number. They wanted him back. He fit perfect. Like he fits well. He he has a role here. So in the end, unless there was going to be the right fit on multiple years, you know, I guess it makes sense. So the Sabers, I know they're relieved because if he walked, they were gonna. They didn't want to give term to anybody who was going to fill that role. They weren't to go through free agency. But the players with his skill set, they're getting multiple years. Mm -hmm. So you're in a pretty difficult predicament because you can't just bring up a prospect from Rochester. It's not going to be. It's a different type of player. You know, Jurgensen's is that he plays a heavier game that they need. You can't be all skill through your four lines. There's a question that a reporter who covers the team could maybe understand more so than a, than a podcast or a blogger or just a fan of the team. You kind of hit on this a little bit, too. Ultimately, it's about money. It's always about money and winning. That matters. But also, when you get to know these players, at least a little bit anyway, personally, maybe a little bit, obviously, professionally, maybe a little bit personally, but... Like you just mentioned, relocating. Sometimes yeah, that factors into decisions, doesn't it? Somebody's happy in the town that they're in, where they live. Stuff like that matters, too. People don't think about that. Sometimes. Yeah, for an example, I thought if if the Pittsburgh Penguins were interested, Gergens, I thought maybe Gergensen's would ex you know test the market to see if mm -hmm. that could be a possibility because he and his wife live in Pittsburgh in the offseason. She's from there. They, go, they spend a lot of time there. He trains there in the offseason because yeah. they have a facility there. So that's just an example. I mean... Again, the grass isn't always greener. And the guy's put in 10 years, you know, 10 plus years into this organization. He's gone through a lot. You, you want to see it through, right? Yeah. When it comes to Ocposo, um, was that expected? Yeah. I mean, as much as he made a couple of comments during locker clean out that raised the eyebrows and maybe made people wonder, is retirement an option for him? I think he always planned on come back and he's going to do one he's doing it one year at a time he's not committing to playing beyond next season but he feels like and he showed through his play 
he can excel in that role and he can help this team win. Um, we'll see how it plays out, but I don't blame them. I mean, Gergensen's Ocposo and Peyton Krebs, they were one of the top defensive lines in hockey last year. And you need you need a group like that who can shut who can play shut down hockey. It's just they need more offense from that trio, and that and those three guys know that they do. I hate to ask you to speculate on something, but that's pretty much what I'm gonna do right oh, now. That's fine. Do you think to you're still extent. With him being back, is he the captain for another year? Do you he's think? absolutely the captain yeah, for another sure. year. Yeah, so? he's the captain as long as he's on that team and in that locker room, and he's earned that right with the way the the role that he's played. And you know what? Between again, like during the COVID years when we weren't in the room, yeah. you heard about his impact. But once you actually see it and you see the interactions, you see how other guys talk about him, you see the subtleties behind the scenes. It makes all the sense in the world why they would want him back. From an outsider perspective, he just feels like a really authentic yes. human being. Yes. You know? and, um, T teaches those young players that to know the security guards' names in the arena. You know, how, how to be a pro. And having a, an example like that matters. And it's also important to not put the C on someone's jersey too soon, right? They sure. did it to Eichel. And I'm not saying that doing that with somebody like just Darlene, for example, would be catastrophic because I don't think it would be, but let them just play their game. Let Alex Tuck focus on getting this team to the playoffs. Yeah. And when it's time, it's time. But there's no reason to rush it because right now they have the perfect person to fill that role. Akposo and Gergensen, two guys we were just talking about here, they remind me of a lot of like, there's a lot of former Sabres who played there for a long time. Yeah. They're always welcome back in this town. They're popular guys now. I see those guys as being two of them. Yeah, in future and, years, and you see how hard you see how hard they practice, and yeah. you can tell when guys don't practice hard. I saw quite a few of them on the previous teams that I covered here. No, like those guys are at it every day, and they don't let they set the work rate, and everybody else has to match it, or you're just you're gonna sink, right? Like that's and you need play you need veterans like that. There's a couple big stories as we head into yeah. again a busy time for you for the for the league you got the draft coming up you got free agency coming up the sabers have two key defensemen right now young defensemen darlene and power lots of buzz about one or both of them possibly getting deals done sooner than later do you think it's extremely realistic without you know at this point guessing if it's going to happen but i do you, do you think something can happen soon with I, one or both they can sign their extensions on july 1st yeah I expect Darlene's to get done on July 1st or shortly thereafter. Okay. Powers is the interesting one because if you're him, why would you sign long-term right now? Bridge deal, you think? That's what makes the most sense from the player's perspective. He's going to put up more points in the next couple of seasons. Like The second power play unit for the Sabres this year, it was just too young. Not only did you have power learning how to quarterback a power play in the NHL, which is far different than Michigan, you had J.J. Paterka and Jack Quinn and penalty kills nowadays they're not passive they're not going to just let young guys shoot the puck like they can in the american league they pressure you into mistakes and both those kids found out the hard way so i think that group is going to take a big step and with that's going to come more production offensively your power and that means more money you wrote about this in your mailbag yeah uh, for people who might not have got a chance to read that yet by the way if you haven't go check it out what would be a ideal bridge contract ballpark where you can see power doing something if so, he does go that route so when it comes to contract comparables i always reach out to cap friendly like the guys who work mm -hmm. there the, you know the people who work there 
And they suggested a few. The one that's obvious is the same contract that Darlene signed. It says bridge three years times six. Okay. It could be a little bit higher than that, but that's, that's sort of the baseline. We'll see. Cause like you look at the ice time, you look at the responsibility the power had as a rookie. We haven't seen anything like that in the past 15 years, a young guy come in the league and just play 24 minutes a night. It doesn't happen. He did it at a high level. This is going to be kind of a blanketed question, but when we were eating our wings before the show, well, when I was eating my wings before the show, me and Don't John, me Josh jealous. and I Come were eating on. our wings before the show, and Lance was, was watching us enjoying But you, you brought up a point that just makes a lot of sense. I'd like for you to elaborate on it a little bit. The Sabres are probably not going to invest a lot of money in goaltender over the summer because you think that if they're going to make their big investment, that it would be getting another defenseman. Kind of elaborate on that a little bit. And also, I want to do it on um, a guy that you talked a lot about in your mailbag. So for people listening or, or watching. So you look at the the options they're going to have to upgrade their defense, mm-hmm. Pat. And the, the trade option is the most obvious for the Sabres because you don't have to acquire. Free agency's tough. Those guys want sure. more money. They want term. And Buffalo's long-term salary cap picture, it's going to be challenging to pull something like that off. So... The two options, the one I wrote about that I think is going to be the focus of everybody when it comes to the Sabres is Brad Pesci from the Carolina Hurricanes. Jason Carmanos, the Sabres assistant associate general manager, was in Carolina when Pesci was drafted. Don Granato was at the USA National Development Program when Pesci was there. There's relationships. He's a perfect fit to play next to Power or Darlene. He's entering the last year of his contract, though. So even if he had term pad, they're going to have to give up probably a first-round pick plus to do that. They're not going to do that plus trade assets to get a goalie. Right. It's just too much. You know, they're at the point where they want to upgrade. They're going to be more aggressive. They're open to that sort of a move much more now than they were a year ago. But you got to be careful not to deplete your your prospect depth while doing it. So as much as I know that Kevin Adams is calling around on goalies, Connor Hellebuck's going to cost too much and he's a rental. You can't do that and upgrade your defense. You know, Junis Corposalo, free agent, is going to want term. Freddie Anderson's supposedly going back to Carolina. Simeon Varlamov, supposedly going back to the Islanders. Thatcher Demko, who had been at the top of my list in Vancouver, isn't available. So there's not a whole lot out there in terms of real upgrades. They believe in Devin Levi so much that that's why. They don't want to block him. And, Pat, they're going to have to pay that kid soon. If he plays 40 games this year and he plays the way they think he's going to, he's going to be making $5 million a year and not very long. So, you know, they'll try. But in the end, I think that there is a confidence internally that Uko Pekalukkanen is going to benefit from having competition. He didn't have that last year with Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson. Now, if he's not showing up and competing against Devin Levi, you're you're going to sink. You, you also hit on it a little bit when we were uh, chit-chatting before the show and eating that – um. A goalie coming here might not it might not be the most desirable thing for a goalie to want to cover. Not because the team yeah. not because the team stinks like it has for so many years, but because of the position. You know you're gonna get run support, but you also know the way that the team plays. If you're entering the final year of your contract, Pat, or you only sign a one year deal, you might be nervous that your numbers might not look all that great a year from now. Right. You know, and hey, that's a fair concern, but the saber and that's what I think ultimately is going to lead the Sabres to think and bet that the improved defense 
a more responsible approach with the puck because turnovers were the killer for them, mm-hmm. really. It, it wasn't D-zone coverage. It was turnovers. And their forwards need to be better in D-zone coverage. Like Their forwards weren't getting back as much for most of the season. Look at how this team played when Devin Levi was in goal. Yeah, They defended. They protected the puck. Like That's how they need to play next season, regardless of who's in net. And they think if they play that way with Lukanen, they're going to be okay. Winding down here with Lance house give the Buffalo news on a nice, comfortable summer night here at Imperial Pizza. Why didn't Olofsson, or why hasn't he? I shouldn't say didn't because I can't talk about him past tense. Not yet anyway, for sure. Why hasn't it worked out better with him? This guy is such a streaky player. He looks so good at times, and then it's like a disappearing act. The NHL is all about roles. So you need, if for a player like Olofsson, who's not going to be a presence on the forecheck, who's deficient defensively, he needs to be in a situation that's going to bring out his strengths. His five-on-five game took a step back this year. His playmaking took a step back, which was surprising because he was healthy. The previous year when he was injured, he became a better playmaker. He took he took steps five-on-five. Five. I think the frustration got to him. I think not being on the first power play, the first power play got to him. He didn't get into a rhythm. And although he scored 28 goals, how many were empty netters? How many were in inconsequential situations? Right now, with where this team is at, where the Sabres are at, they've got Jack Quinn, they've got J.J. Paterka, Yuri Kulik's ready to push for a, pl- a spot. They don't need that shot in the power play like other teams do, and they're going to be able to get something in return. I know fans have soured on the player, right? and they think that, well, who's going to give up? You know, Look at his plus-minus. Look how bad he is defensively. He's still scored 28 goals, and there's a lot of teams that need goal scorers on the power play. They're going to find a home for like They're going to find a fit. And the thing about Olsen, too, it's I don't think that they dislike he's entering the last year of his contract and they have players who can who you can plug in and give you com, you know comparable or even better, you know, production, not only a, it, on the power play, but five on five. You mentioned Kulik. Is would it be a surprise you at this point if he's not with Buffalo this year? No, I don't think so. I think he's gonna have to earn a spot. And I and part of the reason why I wouldn't be surprised is the Matt Savoy factor. What are they gonna do with Matt Savoy? You he's not going to benefit from playing an entire season in junior. So they could do the Shane Wright plan, which Seattle deployed, carry him on your NHL roster at the start of the year, and then make him eligible for conditioning assignment in the American league. He can get several games in Rochester and then send him to junior. And then at that point you could bring somebody like Kulik up if he didn't have a stronger training camp. Right? So Mm -hmm. they've got some options here to actually create competition in training camp. Because that's what they want. They want internal competition because for so long in this organization, they didn't have that. Last question here. There's NHL drafts coming up. They're going to Nashville. So sorry that you have to go to Nashville. (laughs) What a terrible thing that you got to go go to draft. But anyway, a lot of Sabres fans, it's not, hockey's not like football. Well plugged in Sabres fans are going to know a lot of these prospects. And football, even more casual fans, just because it's, on ESPN and so much to consume when it comes to draft prospects. The average Bills fan probably knows a good 10 to 15 prospects. I don't think that's the case with the average Sabres fan anyway, but for casual Sabres fans who are watching or listening to this show right now, I mean, not necessarily specific players, but what are a couple things that Sabres fans should be plugged into most when it comes to this draft and how it might play out? Potential trades, that's always the big one. This is a lot of business gets done this coming week. All the general managers are in town. There's draft. You know, people want to get picks in this draft because how strong it's 
this is considered one of the best drafts we've had since the McDavid Eichel year, right? Or oh, really? if not the or if not the best. Oh, wow. Especially with how deep the four group is in the first round. So with Buffalo, it's whether they go defenseman or forward in the first, they're gonna have really good players to pick from. And thirteenth overall is a really good pick to have in this one. As much as I I know they're calling around to see what they could get by trading back. I think ultimately they're going to make their pick. If it's a forward, I think Oliver Moore makes a lot of sense. If it's a defenseman, Dmitry Simashev, Russian. If all, all things equal, you would expect it to be a defensive player. Now I know they're going to take the best. Not player. necessarily. I don't think in the NHL, I mean, I think organizations have different philosophies, but best player available. And it's who's going to be the best NHL player because eventually we know they're not going to be able to sign everybody. Now, you go get the pipeline and think they have this, this, and this, but an injury can happen next week that completely sidetracks a guy and either delays his timeline to getting to Buffalo or he never gets here at all. So you got to protect yourself, and you can never have too much talent. You know, it's a good problem to have. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. It is uh, fun to keep up with you, fun to chat with you here tonight, fun to follow your work on the Buffalo News again. Always a pleasure, Pat. Thanks I, for having me. I mean it. You really, you really, really uh, you know, do a great to, job. I'm I appreciate it. I know. I truly mean it. So thank you very much, I Lance. appreciate it. Thank you again one last time. Imperial Pizza, 1035 Avenue, South Buffalo. Great food. Come check it out. Good vibes. Uh, yeah, man. Thanks, buddy.